I see you have returned. I knew my majestic voice would draw you to come back for more of my tales. Do not fret if you relinquish your responsibilities to your kin to sate your curiosity. There is ever time to redeem yourselves, and who does not like a good redemption story? Such is the theme of today's tale. Let me rend agape a portal to yon other realm, so we can view the best redemption stories from the redeemable. Ramble shamble. Title of the podcast. Oh. Hello everybody. Welcome to the second episode of Ramble Shamble. And today it is a topic of my choice. Yotun. Um, Mackie will be along for the ride, as always. Hi. And we will be speaking about... Um, sorry. Uh, Mackie? Yeah? Something to say. Uh, Introduce yourself again. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm the more of the engineering side. We're just rambling, shambling along. Comes the name Ramble Shamble. But yeah, uh, I'm doing good. I had a nice exercise again. Again, we must probably divert from the exercise. Anything that happened on your side? Uh, nothing of note. I had such an awesome workout yesterday that today I was actually quite tuckered out. Um, but everything's well. Teach you. Oh, uh, I have something to say. Happy St. Paddy's Day, when eventually this does come out to you guys. Uh, I hope you guys are drinking responsibly and having those tasty chicken strips. That's what I had. Uh, a nice beer and chicken strips. Oh, can't go wrong with that, eh? Oof. <laughs> Happy belated St. Paddy's Day. <laughs> That's what you mean. Happy belated. Uh, at, the time, at the time of recording at St. Paddy's. Yeah, I didn't even know it was sympathies, eh? Until one of my friends kind of just said, "Hey, there's a bunch of people outside the liquor stores, um, <laughs> and they're all wearing green." I'm like, "Oh, so it must be sympathies." Uh, it completely went under my radar. Same. I'm so out of the loop. <laughs> okay, so yeah, take care. Let's take get to the topic for today. Today we will be discussing our favorite redemption arcs from any kind of form of media. Um, it's something that I I wouldn't say I think about often, but I really do notice them quite a lot when a villain turns into a good guy and it's it happens in a very profound way or a totally unexpected way. Um, and it's actually one of my favorite arguments for form of media that I will be bringing through with my my favorite. Okay, so uh, just to clarify, so by media, do you mean movies, series, animes, TikToks, YouTubes, any form of media? Or? So, so when I speak about media, um, I, I do mean different mediums. So it would be like anime is one kind of medium, whereas uh, traditional animation with movies is another kind of medium. Then there's 
movies, which or let's let's call it film. Um, although I guess you can make subcategories for movies and series. Uh, then literature as another medium, and technically you could say that visual art and music are different media or mediums. Uh, but for this, we're going to go with something that actually portrays the development in a character. Uh, or I, I guess, I guess if we we get some some comments with other people's favorite media, where I don't know, they're just like an opera opera nerd or something, and they happen to tell me about I don't know someone from Va- Wagner's Ring Cycle. That has an awesome <laughs> character change. I mean, whatever floats your boat, you know. Yeah, but, I guess. Uh, I'll be I'll be sticking with more visual media today. Okay, cool. Glad we clarified that. So, are you, must I go first, or are you going first? Um, I feel that as the host of the episode and the one who suggested this topic, maybe I should go first. Go first, and then uh, we can discuss. Briefly, after each of us present our favorites, let's, okay. let's discuss it for a little bit, and then we'll move on to yours. Sounds good. Okay. So, I was a little bit torn between which of my two favorite redemption arcs I wanted to tell you guys about, but I finally chose my favorite, which is that one where I argue for this form of media which is anime. And I think it's an amazing example of what anime can do, which other forms of media can't really. And that's fully gets you to empathize with a character um, in a very, very unique way. And I think it's due to like a little dictionary or lexicon of emotions and ways of expressing expressing emotion that anime has and it's it's little things like if one character goes mm, ah or whatever like it would sound so weird if someone in live action were to make like a little squeal or something like that <laughs> but for some reason in anime it just works you know no i and get even that. like even like the their little ways of, let's say, having emojis in the middle of an episode, like it's it's not a realistic expression, but it portrays an emotion so clearly. I don't know. There's something about it that's just amazing to me. And there's also a way that anime has of plumbing the depths of a of a character that's. I don't even think traditional animation can quite portray because it's very clear to me that a lot of the thing, there's a lot that you can do with animation that and CGI, I guess as well, that you can't do with normal live action things just because it's physically not humanly possible to do those kinds of things, like having ridiculous superpowers. But with anime, there's just a way or oh, I think there's yeah. like the the best example of that is that if any of our listeners ever tries to watch Power Rangers, like I saw 
passing by the channel surfing that time, <laughs> seeing Power Rangers, and I'm like, oh, this is Power Rangers. It can't be bad, and it's still the same style since, when did it come out? Like, 1980? I need to kind of look this up, because they they still do the, like, karate drops, and then they do their somersaults and flips, and then comes out the Zorks, the giant machinery things, and looks looks like they, like, zoomed in the camera to, like, Play with little toy figures to fight the big monsters, and then there's big flashing sparks of everything flying up when they do their "yeah" kind of attacks. You, you, you should actually look up the story of Power Rangers and how it was made because it's so hilarious. It's something like 1995. Yeah, no, no, but it's, it's something like there were two different Japanese TV shows that had little to do with each other. <laughs> and that some western guy like spliced them together like Eish. cut the footage together and then put on english dubs or something like that to make a totally different story it's it's just a it's a wild thing i'll have to look it up myself but the thing is like back in the day it was such a good series but now it's like why are you guys still doing the same style and it, it looks horrible i'm sorry to say to the new Power Rangers Dino... Uh, Dino Force, maybe? I can't remember. But I can't watch it. It's too <laughs> cringe. It's too yeah. much cringe. <laughs> yeah, it is. Just people wearing those tight suits. <laughs> <laughs> and not just even the tight suits, but like to think that they're going like, oh, you can't get away oh, with this. Dude, and I'm like, dude, no, no, just stop, please. No, no stop. dude, the best, the best is the poses. That's oh. the best. <laughs> Big time. They're like the Ginyu Force from Dragon oh, But you see, that was... Even then, I think they do a better job than Power Rangers. Like, I know... Because they, they are designed to be cringy. Power Rangers are meant to be like, oh, they're doing all these amazing things. And then it's like, but you're not doing amazing things. You're doing somersaults. You're not even hitting that guy. The guy just flew away from you as you're like... Your punch was really like halfway past oh, yeah. him. <laughs> they're, they're definitely... Flying kicks with strings happening over there. <laughs> Big time. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I think that's we've got side to show the. That's the, not kind of, but not really. That just goes to show the power of anime because yeah. Dragon Ball Z could do it. Perfectly. Oh, big time. Okay, but back on topic. Yeah. My redemption arc is where Gara from the the original Naruto. Oh, I series. knew you were going to touch Naruto. I just knew it. <laughs> Where he becomes uh, essentially a good guy after he sees how... Uh, or after Naruto affects him so deeply. So, for anyone who isn't familiar with the story, Gara is... When we meet him, he's like 10 or a 12-year-old kid. And he's got this demonic or people view it as demonic monster trapped inside his body because he's a jinjuriki uh which basically is a vessel for these huge monsters that were primordial powers um eons ago and he has one of these trapped inside him and similarly the star of the show naruto also has uh biju which is a tailed beast inside of him, or at least the, its power. And there's something about N N Naruto 
that Gara sees that changes his outlook on life and his own meaning in life. Now, the difference between the two is that as he grew up, Naruto had no parents, but he grew up with the other kids and he acted out a lot because he wanted attention from the other kids because although the people from the village weren't allowed to speak about it, the adults now, to their children, the children got vibes from their parents that basically Naruto was bad juju and that they should shun him a little bit or at least stay clear. And as a result, Naruto became isolated and had to fight for the friendships that he eventually developed. But because he had to work so hard for it, they became such a powerful driving force for him. And now in the story, he later comes across Gara, who came from a similar situation, but Gara has nobody he can rely on. He went totally the other way. He became like socially isolated and doesn't want anyone else's company. And he's emotionally like cut off, except for a kind of bloodlust, because that was the sign that he got from society that he was making a, like an impact. Whenever he did something scary, people would act in some way towards him, whereas most of the time he would be ignored. So he did more and more of that. And so he's really blood, like bloodthirstily and remorselessly killing people with what's called a sand coffin, where he would entrap them in sand and then it would contract and then basically crush them and blood would spurt out and blah, blah, blah. But um, he later in the story, he gets, despite the full manifestation of his chaos and demonic power coming out of him, he was defeated by Naruto and um, he, he, he was just baffled by what was motivating Naruto to, to, to carry on despite the pain that he was actually causing in Naruto. And uh, Naruto, sorry everyone, I'm like going from <laughs> Naruto to Naruto to Naruto with my pronunciation, but um, uh, he, what he eventually realizes is that Naruto worked hard to be a compassionate person and to be there for the people around him. And that causes him to realize what his actions are doing to like his brother and sister and the people in his village as well. And there, because you get to walk through the whole story of how Gara was isolated and shunned by his his community and his village. Uh, I feel that that's like one of the unique things about anime that can really make you empathize with the character, even though you have no grounds for that empathy because you haven't. It's highly unlikely that you were shunned to that degree and murdering people as a child. <laughs> but um, 
it it just somehow gets you to associate and relate with them. Well, I have yeah. two. I have, I have two comments. For first, I'm surprised you didn't say Sasuke. As uh, I'm not going to spoil anything more of Naruto because I assume uh, well, Yoten has done a good job of that. So, so sorry about that story, guys. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, because Sasuke kind of goes from being the popular playboy to going full on crazy chaotic, where Naruto spends most of his time just training up to kind of bring him back to the side of light. And I'm surprised he didn't do that arc because for me, he has a much more in-depth uh, side. Like, don't get me wrong. I think Kaoru, Kaoru, Kaoru sorry, mispronunciation. I think he, he has a really, I think his, his pain was a lot longer. And I do agree. He kind of had to get a wake up call, but I think that's the premises of Naruto, Naruto, because he he didn't he didn't do it for like yes he wanted people to recognize him but that's that's the point he didn't he did he didn't have to fight he didn't need to fight he just needed to prove to everyone that we can be a family and still recognize each other's strengths and weaknesses we're not there to be alone and I feel that that's that's one of the major key points especially in the final battle between the two Sasuke acknowledges the fact that unintentionally he's been on the side of Naruto. Naruto has already won him over and it was just him to be kind of realizing the fact that he was never alone. And I, uh, I, I'm, that's why I was surprised he didn't do Sasuke. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's... But I, I, I didn't choose Sasuke because at the end of Naruto, like the, the, the original series, uh, Sasuke actually just like ditches Naruto and takes an even harder turn away from being friends with Naruto. But then but then he came back again, so that's why I feel like his 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 turn went like complete ninety degrees and then s- slowly but surely Naruto kind of like Sasuke had to acknowledge him irrespective of how much he despised of how much stronger he became and actually surpassed him at one stage. Yeah, yeah, but but that's like Acknowledging him instead of actually wanting to be a good guy. But isn't um, he a good guy I in Naruto? <laughs> the follow-up no, series. No. <laughs> no, yeah, like at the end of Naruto Shippuden, that's like <laughs> two hundred and fifty episodes in. <laughs> like no. by the time the Gara arc is finished, it's only like episode fifty or something. So you'd 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 have to be very committed, <laughs> like hectically, to Naruto to finish it all the way to the end of Shippuden. <laughs> you know, that's that's a long cell. It's it's the primary cell of the series. I'll give you that, but it's a long one. So should we do? So what's the other critique or the other point? I think his his backstory is quite dark, but I wouldn't say. Naruto did too much as a redemption. Like I, I will say that yeah, he has redeemed himself. But in the kind of the parts in um, the story that I'm I'm aware of, it's his village trained him to become a weapon of mass destruction. So I do agree uh, because Naruto even acknowledges it, acknowledges it in the series is that. He could have easily become Garu, uh, no problem. Um, the only difference was that 
you had people that who actually had an open mindset, open heart to kind of hear him out or see that he's in pain and he wants to prove himself or wants to be right. Where Garu, he, he was, he, he didn't, he wasn't not necessarily evil. Um, he was not like he had like an evil heart. He definitely had the bloodlust, but he never had that kind of sense to say, I want to conquer or destroy the world. He just wanted to destroy anything and anything that was in his way. So he become a bit like Doomsday, uh, from DC where Doomsday is a mindless killing machine. You point him a direction, he, he, he will destroy everything and anything in his way. Where Garu, he, he gets more of a person, he becomes more of his person when, uh, Naruto kind of wakes him up. If that makes sense. Well, I, I can agree that Gara was, let's say, raised to be, well, let, he, well, he was raised to be a weapon. Um, but he was, he was definitely in on it, uh, to destroy the leaf village. Um, but I would, argue, I would argue against that and say, don't you think it's even more of more redeeming if you've been raised in such a way that to be cruel is your nature? So like, if 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 I mean if if you see a lion kill an antelope in a totally savage way, just like ripping it apart or whatever, like wolves or something, I mean you can't really you can't blame it, you know. Or oh, it's it's a it's a predator. But that, that's what I'm saying. It's the same thing as Gara uh, at the moment because how you described it now, the animal, yo, you won't blame the lion. The lion's doing the way of his life, and Gara's mindset was. Well, when I watched it, so I watched the arc, he didn't have a mind of his own. The guys couldn't even control him. He was like a, he wanted, he was a beast inside and he acknowledged that he was a beast and he was thinking, I must kill, I must kill, I must kill. But a lion, you wouldn't blame. And that's why I was thinking that Gara, his mindset was not there. He didn't have a mind of his own. But Gara enjoyed it though. Yeah, I guess so. That's kind that's of true. The- that's that's what bloodlust means. Mm. <laughs> so I I think yeah, for me yeah. it's it's my favorite redemption arc. No, it's definitely a I, I think it's a really good one, and it's really it's one that I did not think you were going to mention when you when we um obviously when you mentioned it, I was thinking Sasuke, a number of different characters, but it's, it's an interesting choice. I like it. Should that's, I should I give my one? Could have gone with like Zabuza. <laughs> like him. He's such a cool guy. Like even even his name is fun to say, Zabuza. But anyway, yeah, let's let's go to yours. So I'll do an anime one. Funny enough when you mentioned Dragon Ball Z, I think the one that resonates more to me is Vegeta. And I'm pretty sure everyone knows Vegeta because he's like kind of the second hand in the story for Dragon Ball Z. There's Kakarot and there's Kakarot slash Goku, and then there's Vegeta. But I think he has one of the longest and more profound growths in pretty much that I've seen. But like Sasuke, but he was born evil, and some people will even say, like, now he's not completely pure, but he's a lot more pure than he was at his beginning. Like, he's redeemed himself to the point. 
And for sex and things, I'm only going to touch the Saiyan and I'm going straight to maybe a little touch on Soul and going straight to the Boo Saga. There's, I'm not going to touch anything after that because there's a lot more different. It goes up and down. But why I like his story is that if you watch the first saga of DBZ or Dragon Ball Z, you see Vegeta going from like this harsh killing machine. He even killed his partner in crime, Nappa, after Nappa failed to defeat Kakarot and his friends, Goku and his friends. And you see how ruthless and heartless he was. He even came to the point where he was tempted to blow up the planet because he saw Goku was strong enough to keep him at bay. To the point where he was like saying, effort, I'm going to blow this planet. It's not worth my time or effort. And going to the point where when they eventually uh, put Vegeta in a situation where he had to retreat, Goku said, no, let him go. And literally, probably the stupidest decision because you got a man who has the capabilities of destroying <laughs> the whole planet get away to recharge and he can just like decide to blow from a distance if he wanted to. But skipping Freezer, going straight to this soul, where Superman, uh, Superman, <laughs> Super Sans became a, a bigger thing. When Vegeta was always envious of Goku's somehow superior strength, he never could quite understand why or how he managed to get this power. And he, he coughed it up to him training in a very intense situations and to a certain degree, his friends and friends that support him. But he never acknowledged it. And when he became Super Saiyan, he became even more, how to say, egotistical. He believed that he was the he was the big dog. He, no one can, no one can beat him. He was super powered. But even then, when he fought the androids eighteen seventeen, he got what? He got this amazing power. He 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 grew up wanting and loving, wanting and envious about seeing Goku get it, and he finally achieved this power. Only to be completely whitewashed. Uh, not even a, a second glance. And that happens a lot. But the biggest turning point. So this whole time from beginning to the end of the Fubu saga. Vegeta has been consistently training his ass off. He believes that Goku can't be the strongest. He has to be strongest. I'm the prince. I must be the more. I need to be the leader. We are a warrior race. That means we can't care for anyone. We need to beat everything to a pulp. We need to be uh, conquerors. We need to expand our nation. All the points all coming around towards the final battle with Margin Buu in kid form, where Vegeta acknowledges the fact that he's not no longer that same person anymore. He he became someone different, someone that he was no longer just the prince of all saints. And that that scene is very clear in my mind where. He acknowledges the fact that, and when he was, when he made the wish of bringing people back to life, all the innocent people, he himself was wished back to life, proving that he became innocent or become, became part of the good guys, not no longer the side of darkness. But the point where he acknowledges the fact that he doesn't need to be as strong as Goku. Goku is something special and he acknowledges that. And. It's something that is like a redemption where he, he thought that he had to be the most powerful. He needed to be the, the, the this ruthless clean machine. Or to be turned around where he's fighting for his family, his friends, his planet. And to the point where he's no longer so prideful that he can't he cannot see the blatant truth that there's someone else out there. 
that for me, he's the most influential anime redemption arcs that I fully support. From the first uh, end of the first arc, I was like a Vegeta fan right from the beginning. Everyone was like Goku, 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 and I was like. Oh, Vegeta, Vegeta, Vegeta. <laughs> Even to this day, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I support his, he's such an interesting character that goes, that goes a much bigger story at growth points. Like Piccolo, yeah, he, he also had a, a redemption arc, but some will complain that, um, his, his father was the evil one and his offspring, although imparted with his memories, can't necessarily be, can't, you can't, well, would, how would you treat it, uh, Yuton? If you if you were the offspring and parted with all the memories of your part of your father to say kill this man, kill this man, are you necessarily evil? It's like how you use those memories. Well, I've, I, but I but I but I think um, in order to do redemption arcs any kind of justice, you would have to uh, you would have to kind of disregard the the cause of the person's evilness because um it it all comes down to an indoctrination and the environment in which that person was raised unless unless it's like Hannibal Lecter or something you know sometimes you do just get a, a psycho out there or a yeah a psychopath um but uh Vegeta is a very unique one if if I if if we think about it, because it's it's a unique way of redeeming yourself. Because let's not kid ourselves. He grew up a spoiled brat. Yeah, because so. he was the prince of the saints, and he was just like fully entitled. But then, uh, just from look, it's been a long time since I watched Dragon Ball or <laughs> Dragon Ball Z. But I do kind of know the story. But even you. Describing it now, clearly he, like one of the biggest things that someone has to learn in life is that you need to, you need to stop comparing yourself to others, but instead compare yourself to who you were yesterday. And it seems that what you're saying about him accepting that Goku is He's just different. He's he's just like a edge case scenario, and instead of focusing on being better than Goku, he should just keep on focusing on improving himself. Because it could have it could have swung completely a different way. He could have realized that Goku is unique and totally given up. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. I'm never going to be strong. But instead, he decided. But it doesn't matter if I'm not as strong as Goku. I can I can be a better myself than I can be a better me than I am right now, and that's what I'm going to work towards. So that's 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 a, break, a really big character beat. Um, even though, and granted, he did become a good guy in the end. He was a like you said, bloodlust Gara. He also had some bloodlust. If you watch those Dragon Ball episodes, like the Freezer Saga, he killed pretty much every person he came across. He killed an entire ship of people. He was happily killing. He didn't care who he killed. <laughs> Not that it's changed too much in the Dragon Ball yeah. Super series, but 
he's, he grew to more to understand that he only he only kills the bad guys now. So technically, he is evil. But I think Goku's killed a few people in the Dragon War saga. So who's really evil in that series? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess that's about the justification. But anyway, let's just briefly talk about the ridiculous names <laughs> in Dragon Ball. Like, all only of the them Saiyans, come from vegetables. Only the Saiyans. Or something the, to do with food. Okay, the Saiyans, yeah. the Saiyans are vegetables. And then names. Freezer's race had to be something relating to something cold, because his brother was cooler, and his dad is yeah. uh, King Frost. Freezer cooler. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh... There was another one, I can't quite remember. I heard about... I heard about a new Saiyan today who's apparently the real, actual, strongest one <laughs> called Kumba. Kumba? Have you heard no. of Kumba, like Cucumber? I think it's in a new movie or something. Um, I just saw like a random article where he, I don't even know what this is because I haven't watched Dragon Ball Super, but he's like God Saiyan Blue level with Goku. Although he himself hadn't even powered up yet. Like his key just like suppressed Goku at God Saiyan Blue. I'll definitely look so him up. But, but seriously, like that's the, the one part I dislike about ad- animes is all the 15 different forms they have. Uh, Bleach is a perfect example. Naruto, come on, Naruto has a number of 15 billion forms. Dragon Ball has a number of 15... Well, Dragon Ball Super, Dragon Ball Z has like... I would, I would say like 10 forms, so it's a bit tame. I think Naruto is also the same one, but why? I feel like that that's where animes lose me a bit, is where they have always have a form that is far superior in the one form. But in, when that form became out, that form was like the... There was no beating it. Everyone was like, oh, that's so powerful, it's shaking the whole earth. And then they power up to a new form, it's like, Oh, it's so powerful, it's shaking the earth. And like, yeah, but that's what the other form did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's anime for you, man. Okay, so... Scaling. With respect to animes... Oh, okay. Wait, 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 wait a second. I've got to slap, okay, a, go for it. slap a critique your way. And you're not going to believe it because it is so on the nose. Um, it's exactly what you said to me. And that is that, is it really a redemption arc if he was, if, if Vegeta was raised to believe that Saiyans are just innately superior? And lo and behold, not only is he a Saiyan, but he is the prince of the Saiyans. So he's even better than a Saiyan, you know? So uh, is it really, a, isn't he fully entitled to, you know, exert his will? And to um, make people kneel, and if they don't kneel, isn't he justified in so, executing them? Yes, but the way he he changed was the thing is like he still had his whole mind. He no 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 <laughs> he has his whole mind. Gara was a mindless beast. Fujita enjoy like you said before enjoyed the bloodlust, but he didn't. He wasn't forced to do any of this. His planet got destroyed. He flew away. He was no longer a king. He was no longer a prince. He claimed he was still a prince. He was still like raised to a certain degree. But 
uh, I'm not sure if you watched any of the latest Dragon Ball movies. Uh, you see the news story of how Vegeta was off planet, so he hardly knew his da- dad. He knew him, but he never got to, like he wasn't like distinctively fully raised by him. He was sent out to go in the stars and go be a Saiyan. And I do agree, uh, having the way of the culture, but he was free. Goku slash Kakarot was, is a perfect example of how, I know he hit his head and lost his memory of him being a Saiyan, but that was the true symbol of if you being free and you still choose to be evil or choose to be the conqueror of conquerors, then to me, you still showing signs of like evilness because you don't necessarily have to go that route. Gara was still kind of always, even in that arc there, he was always treated as a weapon. No, at not one point, if Gara was by himself, if he was by himself, who knows what he would be? Would he be a villain? Would he be a, a hermit? But Vegeta chose to t- continue the, his, the ways of, I am the prince of all saints, I will destroy whoever is in front of me. I am the strongest, I don't care who's around me. Because that, that's, a, that's the difference is that if you're a prince and a king, he didn't even care for his subjects. He would throw them away. He was a proper tyrant. He threw Nappa in the sky and decided, boom, you're too weak. Boom, you're too weak. But if you're the prince, if you're the prince and you have the power, no, then you're really justified. But like, as a prince, wouldn't you consider the fact that, hey, there's only me, Nappa, Goku, that I'm aware of are full-blooded Saiyans. So there's three Saiyans left. Because Radis was killed by Goku, and now there's a half-breed child over here. To, to think that, <laughs> hey, I'm a prince, uh, I only have three subjects in front of me, one that's half-breed, uh, that means I have four subjects in front of me. I actually hate the guy who's ordering me around Frieza. I'm going to keep this guy around, just to at least be a like bait or something. But no, he decided, like, nah, you're too weak, get out of my sight. <laughs> that is like the true badass of badass. <laughs> but, but, but you're 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 basically describing descri- describing Gara now as well because Gara was sadistic and violent, and he was basically yeah. psychotic. Like, and he even he even mocked Sasuke for being weak before, and when he like totally slammed him down. So, but my point is just your arguments <laughs> against my arguments is my. It's always going to be. You. But that's why I'm saying, that's why I'm saying it's. Uh, you kind of have to disregard the circumstances they have yeah. for being evil, um, because that's what that that's actually a big lesson that anime taught me was that everybody is justified, or everyone feels justified in doing bad things because they know their own back they know their own backstory but they don't you don't know someone else's backstory always and that's why they will seem evil but you'll be like well but of course i can squash that <laughs> but i see this is where your difference is gara was raised with pain he was true pain and suffering he wasn't like vegeta on the other hand not really pain eh? um Think of it. What was he really sad about? He didn't care. Uh, he kind of he cared that his planet got destroyed. But Gara was scarred by his, his uh, people around him. Remember 
the one guy who was saying that you were really special and that kind of thing, the one supporting character, and then he tried to assassinate him, and he's saying that you're the reason I hate you, I've never liked you situation, and Garo was properly scarred, like, he was like traumatized by that, where the one person he could care and thought who cared him for him wholeheartedly actually was pretending to lie to him and actually try to kill him. Vegeta on the other hand, Vegeta's never cared for anyone who cared for him. Even with like Bulma and Trunks, he hardly shows affection for him. And don't get me wrong, I, I definitely think he like cares for them like properly deeply. But he's like properly like, I don't care what's going around me. And only when it comes to the Boo Saga, he actually started like hesitating his decisions. He started thinking when Goku says, "What about Trunks and Bulma? If you if you don't do anything, they're going to die forever." And he's like properly hesitating. He's like, "Crap." I'm, I care for them for some reason. And that, that is like, whoa, what happens to this guy who really just didn't really care for anything? Yeah. It sounds to me like Vegeta's life is just full of these little realizations about himself. Yeah. That, that he didn't know before. Um, but I would say, I would say that it's, it's more, it's more justified to be evil. Sorry, we're going away from redemption here now, but, um, it's more justified to be evil if you went through trauma and suffering rather than everybody saying, you're awesome, you're the best, so now you've got all the power. I get it, I get it. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. I think, I think it's, a, it's, a, it's a bigger leap to become a good person when being evil is part of your nature, kind of like an animal. Because then you, well, I don't think that Gara was animalistic. I think that he just didn't know what affection yeah, and I agree with that. Like good positive emotions were. Like imagine, um, I, I often talk about uh, because I'm an, a qualified archaeologist of the mental leap that humanity must have made when just like. The first trap that was ever sent by humans to kill animals, like that mental leap of I can do something now that will do something in the future, even though I'm not there to actually do it, like that's such a cognitive leap. And I think similarly, if you don't even know what a good feeling is or a good emotion is, and you're confronted with it now, and you can't escape it because it's because of someone else's like positive emotion that your malice isn't having that same effect anymore. Like that must have just blown Gara's mind. Whereas Vegeta was just a spoiled brat. <laughs> granted, granted he had a lot of power. Like he was a he's a pretty strong Saiyan, I must say, but um you know, he was treated in this exalted high position. So, for him, it was also, I guess it was also natural, you know? What authority does anyone else have to question Okay, um, I have a little side redemption thing. I found the 10 characters who had the best redemption arcs. Um, okay, so let's, 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 let's say our, you, you can rattle off as many as you like. Um, but let's maybe say our closest contender for a different, uh, redemption character that we wanted to choose. Uh, because I have, 
I was pretty torn with which character I wanted to talk about because they both were kind of fundamental in my upbringing. Um, if, if not because of how I related to the character, then um, just the, the time in my life and the shock and surprise of it. Okay, but go go for no, go for yours first, since you um, brought up. No, no, I've, I've got. <laughs> I found this site where it says the ten best characters, and I thought that you would just. I won't go through all of them, but I just want to hear your opinion if this is a good story arc, a uh, good redemption arc, or not, based on this site. So, ignoring Anakin from Star Wars because I, I'm a bit mixed messages. Zuko from Avatar: The Lost. So wait, 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 wait. Which? What do you want me to do? Uh, do you want me to set rate if these if these redemption arcs are like good or not? Are redemption yeah, arcs. or good redemption arcs? Uh, so okay. Anakin from Star Wars. That's obviously okay. this is what the site says. So I'm, I'm skipping that because that was like eh. yeah, he redeemed himself. <laughs> uh, Zuko from then Avatar: The Lost Airbender. What do you say? Good redemption arc or oh, bad yeah. redemption? That's a that. That's a proper redemption arc. Like yeah, that's a true one. He's he's the prince of the Fire Nation, right? Just like Vegeta. <laughs> yeah, but but dude, I I gotta tell you, I'm not a I'm not the most emotional person there is. Like uh, I'm I I try to follow the teachings of the Stoics as much as I can, um, and do practical things to improve my own life and other people's lives around me. But, dude, that scene where Uncle Iroh dies was the last time that I literally, probably the last time in any form of media where I poured out (laughs) crying. Like, that hit me so hard. So, like, no, dude, Zuko's character arc is a, that's, that's, that's it's up there, up there. That's hardcore stuff. Uh, next one, Kylo Ren from Star Wars. <laughs> I kid you not, this is what's on the list as top 10 character redemption arcs in media. Oh, Kylo no Ren ways. from Star Wars. No ways, dude. <laughs> I, I kid you not, it's I, up I there. Don't, I don't even know about that one. Wasn't he just like infatuated with, <laughs> infatuated with uh, Ray or something? Like he, yeah, was, just, he, was, just, he was just a dude in love. That's like hardly yeah, redeeming. Basically. And then he With died his anyway. Possibly he sister. Anyway. Yeah. It was such a lame one. So then that's just okay, like an infatuation <laughs> with weird over- undertones. And the next one we have here is Loki from Avengers Affinity War. Mmm. Great redemption there, hey? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. Not at, uh, that point, not at that point in the story. Yeah, I guess so, and but in, and still, in, like and, and in any case, he's always conniving. Even even when he yeah. actually kind of wants to be a good guy in the latest show, he's he's still pulling tricks on people. So I would say, uh, well, you could make an argument for him just being the god of trickery and lies or whatever. But um, I don't think he really redeemed himself as a character because you don't know how. You don't know how many moves ahead he's thinking. He could just, he's very likely just using current goodness to be a way to manipulate someone immediately afterwards. Immediately. 
like uh, even I think even in end game uh four four expected him to betray them, and that was part of the plan, and then he did do that, so he's it's it's almost predictable that he's gonna do a lie or lie so yeah I don't doesn't have much of a redemption arc. okay, last one. Uh, that I'll mention from this list, uh, Mega Mind from Mega Mind. I think that's a decent one, actually. Thinking about how he, but uh, but like what I've noted from all these redemption arcs, it's everyone that's been brought up in a difficult situation, and yeah, they just realize that they're not, they don't like that lifestyle. They just sought to believe that that is their only way of living. Huh. Hmm. Deep. Yeah, but that's that's. That's how it is, man. Like, you know, you don't you don't know what you don't know. You know, it's by de- by definition that that that's a a little bit of a, a hard way to express it, but it's it's true. Um, because sometimes you can know what you don't know, but if you don't even know what that unknown thing is, then the person's basically blameless in a way. But yeah, I think yeah, I think that's true. Every, every again, the power of anime it teaches you that most bad guys are justified to at least to themselves, and especially with that's why the Gara one hit me so hard. It's because you see the trauma that he went through. He wasn't just spoiled, and that's why I chose him in the end. But that's other no, I one. I think it's a good choice. The the toss up for me now was uh one of my favorite stories ever is from Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, the original game. Oh like two thousand one. Such a good game. And such a good game. With with the Dark Lord that uh you hear about in the story a lot, Darth Revan, um you just hear like he's this He's the master of the Sith, and his apprentice is Darth Malak. And it, it, it was f- for me really impactful and a big surprise to learn that you, the player, spoilers ahead, everybody. Like, uh, if you if you have if if you haven't played this like twenty year old game, turn away now, okay, uh, and then come back for the last five minutes of the show once you're done. Um, but Lo and behold, Darth Revan is you, because you started <gasps> the game with amnesia, and you are yes. brought brought up again in the light side of the Force as a Padawan and into a Jedi. And so I, I just thought in the end that although that's a great redemption arc, um, I don't think it it's it's I don't think I can choose it. That, like justifiably, because it, first of all, it's way too complex. Because first, he was a Jedi, and he did like this awesome accomplishment, but then he turned evil. So first, now there's like a, a damnation arc first, before he forgets everything, gets amnesia, and then is good again and decides to stay good afterwards. But then that's why I. The second reason why I didn't choose it, because as the player character, you can choose to be more towards the light side or the dark side. So 
you know, it's actually a bit iffy. And you can choose to either kill or to let Darth Malik live. So it's 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 a toss-up between whether you choose to be good or evil. So I can't, even though it's been canonized now, I think with the Clone Wars TV show that he did eventually become good, um, or at least one of the visual novels, I don't think we can 100% say that he did become good, just because you as the player can choose, or but you can make that decision. Yeah, but I really wanted to choose him as well. I think we can have that as another topic sometime in the future, where play choice decisions in video games, do they actually oh. matter or not? Oh, yeah. Then we that can could be talk- another topic to continue. And then we can talk about why video games are awesome. The best. Yeah, big time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah, I think we need to start wrapping up, unfortunately. Yeah, everybody, please let us know in the comments where you can. That's now on YouTube. Or even if you're watching this through other podcast medium, check us out on YouTube and drop a comment there as well. Or you can check out our Discord channel as well and let us know what you think about our choices for the best, our, our favorite redemption arcs. But then also let us know what your favorite de- redemption arc is and why it meant, meant something to you as well. Yeah. I just think my one is m- much more superior than his, so everyone should <laughs> vote for mine. Ignore his one. His one is all bloodless and. Okay, never mind. <laughs> no, but <laughs> I agree. Uh, eventually, we might uh, come out w- with a Twitter Twitter channel as well, so there's another form of communication, and we're always open to recommendations. Let us know. And please, we're, we're going to be choosing our favorite pick from the suggestions that you guys make about your favorite, favorite character redemption arcs, and we will talk about it in a different little show of ours uh, that's that's affiliated with Ramble Shamble but it's little clips about what you guys have to say about the episodes we make and it's going to be called uh, Ramble Shrapnel because it's little bits and pieces of the main episodes and the first person to have their choice be one of those little clips will be this now. It will be our favorite pick from your favorite character, Redemption Arcs. So yeah, like, follow, subscribe, ring the bell, and do all those little things. We appreciate it. And be sure support. to listen to our next episode that's coming out on Thursdays, every Thursday, every week. Maybe we change the day, but so far it will be Thursday every week. And, yeah. Have a good one. Cheers, guys. I'll see you in the future. I'll see. Yeah.